Hi, it's Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. As we gear up for award season, there's no better time to join us. By becoming a Vanity Fair subscriber, you'll gain exclusive access to our in-depth coverage of film, television, and the best of Hollywood. And that's just the beginning. Vanity Fair takes you inside the worlds of entertainment, culture, politics, and scandal, bringing you iconic images, era-defining stories, and much more. Get 15% off a year of digital access to Vanity Fair by visiting VanityFair.com and using promo code POD15 at checkout. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off a full year of insights and exclusive digital access. Subscribe now. Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. It's such an honor to present this next award. And here are the nominees. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. I'm the king of the world. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. here in Los Angeles in one room with three other people. I'm Katie Richard, deputy editor of VanityFair.com, and next to me is our digital director, Mike Hogan. Hey, Katie. Then over there is our senior writer, Joanna Robinson. Hi, Katie. And sitting right next to her is our chief critic, Richard Lawson. Parasite One. Parasite One, best picture. <laughs> Spoiler. And come in the next room is Mark Seliger, who's coming to take our place. <laughs> Uh, this is really fun. We're doing this, like, th- we've never done this post-Oscar thing all in one room. Um, it feels weird that I'm projecting into a microphone looking at you guys, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, but hey, Richard Pierce, I won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote a review of the show that I mostly kind of pre-wrote during the, the broadcast and then was walking up to the party and and then like I got to the party and Parasite won Best Picture and I immediately had to email an editor in New York and be like change the re- change the review it's not a boring show actually it's a boring yeah edition. I mean and the funny thing about it is like every time the Oscars almost convinces you like nah we're done we're, we're boring we're, we're stayed you know we're doing all the expected things then they're like they give you just that bit of hope that like next year will be great too you know so uh, yeah I'll, I'll be right back next year kind of hoping for a similar result yeah. Well, there was a point where I was like, if 1917 wins this, like it had won what, cinematography, one of the sound categories, and that was it at that point, right? Or no, it won um, visual effects. Mm-hmm. So it had won these yeah. three like relatively minor technical categories, whereas Paris, I had won director and screenplay and foreign language or international feature film. And it would just been crazy for 1917 to have won at that point. And the energy in the room, Joanna, you were in the audience. Yeah. You kept talking about how every time Paris, I won, people flipped out. Yeah, it's funny. I think the first uh, bit of color quote-unquote that I sent to you was like Bong Joon-ho cannot get through the lobby he's getting mobbed by everyone who sees him he had to be like escorted into the theater way before the broadcast started because like people wouldn't leave him alone um yeah and then every time there was a win people were just shrieking and up on their feet and I was like if you had talked to me before the uh the the show I would have said oh people at home thinking Parasite might win or being a little foolhardy but I was like oh no everyone in this room really wants Parasite to win it's gonna be ugly if it doesn't and then I was so I was relieved and it felt just really right that it won at the end of it all that's how that's what people are most excited for for sure I was sitting at a table at the Vanity Fair dinner with Ryan Murphy and Sarah Paulson and Ryan Murphy 
there seemed to me that I was like in the minority thinking Bong would win director and then 1917 would win picture. And I had my theory, which I've already gone into of why I thought Bong would win director. Um, Ryan Murphy had the opposite one, which seemed more common. But mm-hmm. after Bong won director, I was like, it's going to be 1917. He's like, it's Parasite. Parasite's going to win this. And then it <laughs> happened. But I really do think that, um, Joanna, you're absolutely right, that the enthusiasm was very real. But I also think it's really interesting time in the Academy where you have an old guard that loves a movie like 1917, loves the fact that it's a throwback to a world where you know things made sense. And then you have a new guard that they have aggressively tried to recruit and build um, that wants to do something different. And, and it's sort of, I feel like it's probably a jump ball um, every year. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think that, that there's, it's not to say that like, because we had Moonlight a few years ago and then we had Green Book and mm-hmm. now we have this. Like, I think, that, I think that it will continue to be an interesting question every year. Like which one of those, if, 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 to the extent that you can sort of line them up as one group versus another group within the Academy, I don't think one is super dominant over the other at this point. Right. And I think it's also interesting that both the Moonlight, I mean, this felt a lot like the Moonlight win, yeah. right? Um, a sentimental favorite, an underdog uh, in, in certain respects. But um, the way in which they might be reactions to the criticism that the Academy gets when they uh, roll out, uh, like, almost all-white acting nominees, you know, there's, there's a way in which a lot of the wins last night, you know, Taika winning, Bong winning so many, like, felt like, okay, yeah, we have four white acting winners, but look how, mm-hmm. you know, diverse yeah. our rest of our winners are. And the programming of the show was like that, too. It was yeah. just so much being like, here's Janelle Monet, here's right. Brie Larson and Gagadot and Sigourney Weaver. Like, we, I think you had this, was it in your review, Richard, where you just like, we're not that academy that didn't nominate people of color. We're the other academy. Right. Maybe it was Mark yeah. Harris who wrote that. But it was the kind of thing <clears throat> where, like, I think that, you know, I was critical of the of the broadcast as a whole because, like, you know, we don't have a host, except we kind of do. It's Chris Rock and Steve Martin yeah. doing the opening monologue. I mean, Janelle Monet opening the show was really fun. The monologue kind of was, a, I felt like, lost that energy a bit. But a lot of the jokes and a lot of the tenor of the evening felt like kind of chagrin, like kind of like sheepish and like, oh, like, sorry, like we totally screwed this up, but we still have to have the show and like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. And then at the end, they were like, oh, actually, no, we did the right thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it, I think it speaks, Mike, really to that kind of, that bifurcated quality of the Academy, which is like, part of it knows like we need to be better. Part of it's like kind of obstinate in the face of all that and votes for Green Book, you know, whatever. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see how long that sort of, you know, two-pronged thing keeps happening because, um, I mean, it's reflective, I guess, of, like, American presidential politics it where is. we get Democrats oh, no. for a while, then oh, we God. Republicans. No, I mean, it, feel, like, it does yeah. feel like there's two modes that sort of, like, a bunch of wealthy coastal progressives can be in. One is, like, hey, if we get too woke, we're going to lose the middle, everybody, which is sort of seems mm. like the mode they were in when they did the nominations. And then it was like, but we're not racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We're still liberals. Right. So, and that seemed like they kind of snapped into that mode in voting. But who knows? I mean, obviously, this is 8,000 people casting their own ballots for all kinds of eccentric reasons, as we know from reading all the anonymous uh, <laughs> interviews <laughs> with, with voters. So what is the secret, do we think, of why Parasite isn't like the film Twitter champion that's like, oh, well, it's going to go lose to Green Book, or, you know, it's it's not Lady Bird or Get Out it is the best picture winner. Like, is it just because it's a great movie? Is it because Bong has worked in Hollywood for so long? Is it like neon being a bunch of 
incredible geniuses. For- I think he's been. A, I think that Bong has been a great um, advocate for and representative of the film for this whole season. You mm-hmm. know, I think also the fact that the movie is like super entertaining. Like it, you know, like Roma, for example. Like obviously, the Academy agreed enough that. Quran had done an amazing job and gave him a Best Director yeah. Oscar, and they gave you know all, all these other awards to that movie, but not Best Picture. And I think because that movie did at times, and as much as I love it, feel a bit like homework, like vegetables. It was like okay, like here, yes. like here it is. Whereas Parasite has a wit to it, a kind of subversiveness to it, a, a, a humor, and and also it's tense, it's exciting. I think it's just like I was talking to um, Cat Sadler and Karamo Brown on the live stream uh, last night at the party, and I was like, it's just like it's just the, has the whole thing. It's the total package it's like has a trenchant message but also is entertaining and it makes everyone feel good for voting for it because you can vote it because you thought it was fun and thrilling or you can be like that was the most important sentiment of the year um well, because it was right. a hit yeah. this huge yeah. international well, hit and i think also the um the just sheer technical achievement of it the way that it is constructed the way that mm-hmm. it's executed is basically flawless and i think for a lot of people who really really are looking at this as like achievement in film they're just like that is an incredible achievement in film. There were there were a number. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen was too in, yeah. a, in a different mode, but I think that that it had a big claim on that thing. And then look, I think there were three celebrities minted this year. Uh, it was director Bong, Taika Waititi, and Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like they're, they're the people who sort of blasted out of this Oscar season. As yeah. like we all know who they are, and and they're all awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, by the way, I just want to take a note and say the highlight of the night, maybe at the end of the day for me at the Oscar party last night, was Florence Pugh dancing for like 40 minutes in the room in the back in hmm. a gold dress like like no one was watching. And, um, you know, like they're all they all have a great energy. And and so the fact that Bong was one of those people, I think, is, is helpful, too. Yeah, it's funny. I saw I saw Florence Pugh leave the governor's ball in like in the green dress she was wearing at the ceremony and these like incredibly uncomfortable looking strappy shoes that she had taken off during the governor's ball and was like strap like uh, like unwillingly strapping them back on to like go back into the night and she was talking to whoever was with her about the shoes and how she like hated them then she showed up to our party she's still wearing a high heel but it was like a stacked black sturdy mm-hmm. high heel and it was just like no these are my dancing shoes yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why you come to the party, the party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I also think that like the academy um, on, on occasion loves to do the firsts you know they, they love when Halle Berry won best actress you know yeah. mm-hmm. and, and this was an occasion of not only was this the first film from South Korea ever nominated, well, also it had the that we had, there was this the doc, film, the yeah. doc short, but but like this is the first non English language movie to ever win Best Picture, and like you know being in the room for that, being part of the cause of that by casting your ballot, like that, you know that can feel. I I, I think it's not an accident that this happened at a time. Uh, when people are feeling perhaps a little helpless about well, the, the primary that's happening. And yeah. this was like, no, we can definitively do something good that we will be celebrated for and that we can be proud of. It feels virtuous, but not in the way that, like, I think they thought voting for Green Book felt virtuous. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just feels like, I don't know. Um, but it might be a similar impulse, yeah. right? Being like, I'm going to cast my ballot for the right thing to do. And right. this year, the yes. right thing to do was to honor foreign language films. And like last year, it was 10 racism. It's a, uh, you can see them coming from the same place. <laughs> and we ended it, right? I mean, yeah, Except yeah. that Paul Agus already did with Crash. I just, I'm so confused <laughs> about that. I, I think that that's a, actually a really good point, though, is that like the impulse has good and sort of like like wonderful outcomes and also some outcomes where it's super cringy. I and mean, I, I feel like a lot of the speeches were last night were just somebody hilarious who shall remain nameless 
um, in our Slack channel at one point just wrote, oh, look, it's patronize a clock. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were a number of things that happened during the ceremony where you just think, okay, here we go. Like, we're going to, the Oscars are going to solve every, you know, ailment known to mankind, which is, no one's even really buying it, I don't think. But, yeah. then, but then when everybody kind of, like, rallies to do certain things well and good, it's a fantastic outcome. It's, just, it's amazing how it can go from what Richard was saying. Like, it's like, okay, well, we are sorry, we messed it up, and then Parasite wins, and then all of it feels like, oh, wait, we, we, we solved the problem we were complaining about over the course of the show. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you talked about that sort of, uh, you know, moment in history. Um, it's funny, so, you know, I was inside the theater for the Oscars, brag, and um, I, I, you know, my first time, and I the only thing that I've watched... So far is the parasite win. Like watched it back, how it played out on. I've the watched telecast. it multiple times already. And uh, Jane Fonda's pause before saying parasite mm. felt so long in the room, and then I watched, and it was still like significant. Like if you're watching at home, you're still like, oh, oh, oh dang, yeah. parasite did it. But in the room, I was like, it's so long. Yeah. And I think I feel like it's a couple of people said this that when she paused, you yeah. knew what was happening. No, you knew. that it wasn't going to be 1917. But she wasn't like. Joker. You know, like, <laughs> she didn't open the envelope and go, oh my yeah. god. But I think that was a master class in how to present an award and have it oh, have it have a sense of occasion. Like it was I think it was really, really well done. Um you know, and that was just again another indicator that people were so excited for it. Yeah. Um, um but it, back to like the kind of the speeches thing, I thought it was funny in Joaquin Phoenix's, you know, very pointed, if meandering speech, he said something about like we shouldn't cancel each other out or something. And it was like, okay, so cancel culture has somehow passed his sort of consciousness he's processed that now putting it and it's funny like because up to then he kind of had me and then he sort of lost me and it's like that's kind of the trajectory here is that like they know that they're like yeah we're, we're getting this right right like we're, we're we're like following the right you know sort of social cues and then something just kind of goes a little amiss like green book well, or whatever you know and that's when he got the room back because the room was pretty frosty for mm-hmm. like when he went extreme with some of his veganism right. language very yeah. descriptive very yeah. yes graphic and uh, the room was was just like what is happening and then he started talking about cancel culture and they're like yeah i don't want to be canceled either you're right like it was very interesting i mean he says something like i've been a scoundrel in my life and you know i mean i think joanie you suggested that like it might have been an apology for the i'm still here era which uh was incredibly annoying uh and it's kind of where all the casey affleck allegations originate like there's some like stuff in there that has been like less part of his narrative than you might think that would be but i think he makes a good point that like he's done that he seems to have moved on he gave a performance that was worthy in a lot of ways. People seem ready to embrace him. I mean, I, I think he, the speech was a weird way to stick the landing, but I think he did pretty well throughout this whole thing. Well, I feel like it was also just like a, finally a sort of rec, like a, a reconciling of Joaquin Phoenix and Hollywood. It was like, he was like, look, I came to the show. Here I am. I'm yeah. saying my piece. He Thank you for the award. And everyone, yeah, everyone's like, you know what? We've been try- trying to give you an award since Gladiator. Here it, here it is. We did it. Like, right. now we can kind of move on together. Now you and Rooney yeah. can go off yeah. in outer like, space. Yeah, right. Oh, also, thank you for helping us make a billion dollars. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm I not think sure it, we'll yeah. do this again. <laughs> right. So yeah. have yeah. fun tonight. Right. Yeah. This is it, I think, yeah. bud. You're not, he's, like, yeah. he's like, great, gonna talk about milk then. Yeah. Well, and Renee Zellweger, you wanted the same thing, too. I mean, it seems like she's up there being like, wow, man, 
didn't think this was going to happen again. And her speech was, I think I'm, like, I'm glad that we're not, it's not going to be like days of headlines being like, Renee Zellweger's terrible speech, because that feels like we've passed that era of the internet. But it was not a great speech. It was a very strange end to the end of her season that like, it's still kind of unclear how that Judy thing just cruised on through, but That's we're all happy been, for her anyway. I feel like I've been saying that, I feel like I've been taking crazy pills, <laughs> that I've been saying that I didn't understand Renee's campaign at all. And that I look at all these takes uh, last night on Twitter where people are like, I don't understand Renee's campaign after she wins. And I was like, I've been saying this for weeks. How did we let this happen? No, but I'm happy for her. That, that makes it sound like I'm not. I'm happy for her. I think it's great. She's, she was so cute and lovely and excited about French fries at the governor's ball. Like she's, it's great, but it's still like a very baffling campaign to me. I mean, I've been thinking this for a while. Mark Harris put it very well in a piece that he wrote for us. Um, You know, the, the thing this year was to kind of stay in character. Everybody sort of stayed in character. And I think the fact that she was an embodiment of the sort of messy comeback of uh, Judy is what captured people. I think people really liked mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's that, it's very close to Hollywood's heart. Character sort of the same thing, except in a different mode. I, it's funny, Anthony Bresnikan in his report from the wings of the Oscar stage, I guess she, when she came out, she said, uh, was my speech word salad? And it's like, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You did mention Bob Dylan at one point. <laughs> yeah. And first responders, yeah. I think. Yeah. And yeah. Venus oh. and Serena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the thing about the uh, people and the, the the cops and stuff, yeah, that was weird. But I also think that Renee Zellweger, after Telluride, could have locked herself in an empty room for all of award right. season and still won the Oscar. I don't I don't yeah. think that, I think that that was, I think that was the thing that was decided in August. Like, and you know the yeah. people yes. who are working on Charlize's or Saoirse Ronan's campaigns are just like, why? Like, I don't think they did anything wrong. It just, for some reason, it all locked in the place. Renee was spotted pacing in the lobby of the Dolby Theater for 20 minutes practicing her speech earlier. Well, we assume that that's what she was doing, pacing mm-hmm. the lobby for 20 minutes during the show. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she was anxious. Yeah. Well, I think that it's interesting because um, we talk about this so much and and I tend to advocate for, like, a very um, I would say, I guess planned approach to these things. Like, I've been so impressed by Brad kind of, you know, knowing what he's going to say going in. At some level, though, it's obviously very emotional, and, you know, these are actors who may not want to actually be reading from a script when they get up there. It seems like both Renee and Joaquin, like, decided to let their freak flags fly and be themselves and give in to their emotion, which... I don't know that it worked terribly well as a viewer, but um, but I guess there's something kind of cool about that. They they really like let the mask fall, or did it did a yeah. mask that fit the occasion? Oh, it's is this the last time we talk about Joker? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the that IndieWire piece that I referenced last week about how Joaquin Phoenix has behind the scenes negotiated vegan menus at all these award season events really underline this idea for me that Joaquin Phoenix was like, okay, I do want an Oscar. Like, I, I, I want one. Sure. I'm going to try for it. I want one. But also, I'm going to use it yeah. to further my political beliefs, which, like, hey, whatever. And he's like, this is my moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, I have played relatively nice this whole thing to get me here, and so I'm going to say what I want to say yeah. in the most right way possible if I want to, because that's, I, I worked hard to get here, yeah. you know? I think Brad let the mask fall too some. Like, he, his speeches have all been very, like, chill and funny and, like, 
thankful, but like, you know, he's being cool Brad Pitt. I think he got to the end of his speech just was it like reflecting back on the career? Like you pointed out Gina Davis and Ridley Scott, and I think he was just like thinking about Packing how up his car. And yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. Lo- it I was talking about his parents and yeah. how they like supported him. It was lovely. It was lovely, but it still felt scripted because one, that line, "Once upon a time in Hollywood." Sure, yeah. but I'm like, like I'm like that's a but I feel beautiful, like this, beautiful this might be line, something you know? the television helped with. I feel like I could see his face, like his eyes, like misted up a little oh, bit. Yeah. Like it, he like really felt. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch it. Yeah, you should definitely. watch it. He definitely got choked up, and I think I think the thing about that for any of these winners, I mean Laura Dern. You know, thanking her parents—that was not a surprise. You sure. know, but I think it's just that, like, well, you know, we had to we had to be a little bit politic at the Golden Gloves. We had to be a little politic at the yeah. SAGs because we wanted to keep you know keep this momentum going. Then the moment finally happens. I understand why someone like Renee Zellweger might kind of like just gush a bit because she's yeah. like, well, I'm I'm done now, you know, and, over, and, and, yeah. and same with Pitt. So I think all told, even though none of those acting winners were surprising, I think at least in their own ways, they each gave a, a, a memorable-ish moment. On, when it once on stage and so that's really all we can ask of them at that point I don't think there was a speech where <clears throat> I walked away being like that was a great speech do you know Brad's was like I want to watch it I want to watch it for the Brad's taste was good. but like you know I don't yeah. know if a lot of that is by virtue of the yeah. fact that a lot of Bong Joon-ho's speeches were via translator. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, I don't know. Which well, were great. He, he, I did love when he said, I'm going to drink until the next morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That was great. laughs> that's my favorite line of the night. Yeah, he had already said something similar uh, back, in a backstage interview. He said, I'm going to drink until Monday. And like, so that had already gone around Twitter. And so then when he was on stage giving another version of it, but but it sounded just better. I'm going to yeah. drink till the next morning. Yeah. I want to say one more thing about Brad, which, and yeah. this is in our party report I was sitting next to Julie Miller who wrote it watching this happen Gina Davis comes up and finds Brad Pitt in the middle of our party and just gives him this big hug and like having been oh. shouted out during his speech it was really nice I mean she seemed so ex- she excited to see him she introduced him to her daughter it was, uh, it was a good reunion and she had gotten gotten an honor an honor Oscar, Oscar, the governor's yeah. Awards, yeah and like you know I don't know I just think I think it's it's always fun this was a year I think especially with the Pitt thing and, and Selwaker to some extent just like realizing that sometimes Hollywood lives can have a long tail and like you know that like there's Gina Davis and Brad Pitt like still at it t- yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 years later yeah. you know um, I think that like it was it was kind of heartwarming in that regard yeah yeah um, we should talk about some of the other winners probably uh, there's two stats I've been trying to get into first of all Parasite is the first Palm d'Or winner to win Best Picture since Marty and... so you guys are sending me to Cannes again right well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, go, go wow. find the next Marty of, of 2021. Um, and, and then uh, the other stat is that eight of the nine Best Picture nominees all won an Oscar, except The Irishman is the only wow. shutout. Is that that's not a pretty, wild? Yeah, I mean, I guess Marriage Story was there, but that still, for whatever reason, feels like a pretty stiff rebuke of Netflix. I know. Or a three-and-a-half-hour movie or something that he's done before. But, like, yeah, that's wow. That's interesting. Marty got a standing ovation, though. That's true. That part was really... I feel like it happened, and then I like, haven't gotten a chance to grasp that whole standing ovation for Marty because yeah. he seemed also really, like, okay. Is that the first time we've ever had a standing ovation for someone else during <laughs> someone's acceptance speech? So. Like, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, clearly there's a lot of affection for him, and, like, it got a lot of nominations, but I don't, like, The Irishman's another, like, puzzle from this season, and I guess you can kind of figure the Netflix factor and not having box office and all of that, but a total shutout feels weird. Well, I think there's always a movie that everyone agrees they respect and, and admire, but maybe not enough people loved, you know, like, I, I'm sure it got plenty of votes for various categories, yeah. but... 
But I think, you know, it's just unfortunate that it was, I mean, unfortunate from a very Ted Sarandos point of view that like, oh, so we spent $190 million and we still couldn't do it. And, it, you know, like they got the respect, but not the love. And I think that yeah. that is um, always the kind of crucial calculus at the very end. As the uh, as the dissenting non-Irishman liker, uh, Irishman disliker on this podcast, um, I will just say I talked to a lot of people who didn't like it. So see no, in hell, Irishman. I was going to say I, I think that um, being uh, an overdog or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the fact that early on it was sort of like, yeah. well, here's Marty, and you should obviously give that best picture, and yeah. we and he spent a zillion dollars, and we're going to spend another zillion. And I have just heard a lot of people just make fun of it a lot, yeah. honestly. Yeah. People yeah. are just yeah. like, like, just laughing about how bad it is, especially L.A. people. But, the last, the past week, it just keeps coming up, and, and they just, like, they're not buying it at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what happened there. Maybe, I think maybe it was just, it would have benefited from not being so... Uh, having that air of invincibility or, or whatever yeah. it is I mean, early on. Netflix did, you know, they had they won the documentary feature prize for American Factory, so that was a good that was good for them. And obviously, Marriage Story won an Oscar, but like, you know, it's something. It, it was I think last night with Irishman getting blanked was a, a reflection a bit of a sentiment I experienced at Sundance, which was that people were like really hard rolling their eyes at Netflix movies that were, you know, that were already with Netflix when they went to the festival. And I think there was just a sentiment of like, all right, we get it. Okay. You know, a little bit of fatigue, I think. That's so funny because Netflix, like, Bong Joon-ho's last movie, Okja, was a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to me. And, and the Netflix narrative last night also is tied up in... Um, animated feature. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Because yeah. I think a lot of people... Santa's dead. He didn't win. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Christmas is canceled, kids. Um, yeah, that a lot of people expected that Klaus, after sort of sweeping up at the uh, Annie Awards, uh, you know, and including me, I said it on this podcast, would win. And then uh, Toy Story came back in. So that the... The lesson there is that when Mike Hogan on Little Gold Men says, like, I don't know, I think it might go a different way, Joanna. Many people are saying. I should listen to him. Mike, what happened with Toy Story? Yeah, many were saying. <laughs> Toy Story could shoot someone I, on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Still win. So I think I got slightly into this last time, but now that it happened, it is worth revisiting. Um, somebody involved in the Toy Story 4 thing went into a very... Um, you know, interesting, impassioned explanation to me uh, last week about why it's really important for um, movies that, you know, big animated movies to win the Oscars, the ones that actually go out into movie theaters. And basically the the theory here, I'm, and I'm not saying I agree with it, I, it's an interesting theory. I can tell you that I'm sure it was told to many, many people and sort of traveled through the community. Um, yeah, you think 1917 made a lot of money? That you know, it's going to make 200 million dollars. Like if if Toy Story 4 made 200 million dollars, everyone would be fired. It has to make 1.4 billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. And that means that's a lot of people's jobs, you know, these things are a huge revenue driver for the industry. They're made in a room. Uh, actors are begging to be on them, you know, like, like this is a thing that deserves to be protected. And if Netflix wants to make a movie and put it on their service and no one knows if anybody watched it or not, like that's not, that's not a fair competition Mm -hmm. because they're, they don't have the same. So that was the narrative that, that I think was 
um, being put out there, and I and I can imagine that it was persuasive to to some folks. Yeah, I don't I don't really agree with it, but I agree with you that I can see why it would be persuasive, especially yeah. you know like this is an industry town, like this is a town. We've talked about this before that there are, you know if you make a lot of money, there's a reason for Oscar to celebrate you because yeah. you've employed a lot of people. But it but it well, is you know and, and and just to take a beat, sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, I think so much of the Oscars can be explained by protect the town. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like either protect the business of the town or protect the reputation of the town. And that's why they're always trying to find that center left, mm-hmm. like we're progressive, but we're not crazy. Don't like don't start a revolution and kill us all and throw us into the Pacific. Right. <laughs> like we, we care about you. But, but and we Parasite need you to, is all about and we need that. you to go to the movies. Yeah. I mean so it's it's very interesting. Um, so I think that, you know, a, a well-crafted narrative, either positive or negative, will frequently tap into some version of that. But yeah, it, and, and that reputation maintaining is funny because, like, I was thinking back to the beginning of the show when uh, either Chris Rock or Steve Martin, I forget which, oh, maybe it was both of them, were kind of, like, uh, saying, oh, and Janelle Monet did this too, like, mentioning the, 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 the lack of women directors nominated and the whole audience is clapping. And it's like, you're, you motherfuckers are the people in the Academy. You're the ones who, like, <laughs> yeah. helped this happen. Like, like you're just like, oh, not us, not not this Academy member, you know? I think there's always that kind of, like, no, 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 we're not, we're, you know, we're not that Academy. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Joanna, you were going to say. No, I just, but, but, you know, that's a, that's, a point on the Netflix narrative because uh, I thought that was a surefire Netflix win mm-hmm. was animated feature and supporting actress right and they walked away with what two awards then yeah uh, uh, documentary Laura Dern is that it I think that was it because they didn't win uh, any of the shorts I don't think which so. by the way Hair Love winning was really exciting yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my prediction that was, that was nice. the one short I got right yeah. <laughs> I watched yeah. all of them and got went one for three that again felt like another nice moment that like everyone could be happy about um, you know former NFL star turned filmmaker doing this thing that was crowdfunded and but then became part of a sort of bigger Hollywood thing and you know yeah. that just felt like a nice kind of uh, crowning moment well, earlier in the show yeah and Richard you and I have talked about how we You've been following Matthew Cherry on on social for a while, and so seeing sort of the networking he's done through that, and then I saw it firsthand at the Governor's Ball. He was just sort of like, you know, I feel like for the short uh, film winners, especially, this is such a huge night for them to be like, great proof of concept. Yeah. Give me my feature, right? That's yeah. like yeah. almost the most important prize to win for like the next step in your career. Yeah. And um and Matthew Cherry was just like. Handshake, handshake, smooth, smooth, like Lin-Manuel yeah. Miranda, what are we going to do, you know, sort of stuff, so, yeah. Never forget that David Frankel won a short directing Oscar years ago, and that led us to Collateral Beauty, so, oh, you know. Wow. Well, also um, Devil Wears Prada and various other good movies, <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah, so, but no, you're right, it is a good, it can be a good kind of t- proving ground, yeah. Uh, we feel good about uh, the Elton John win. Congratulations to uh, Rocket Man, and it's the long journey we've all been on together. I mean, poor Diane Warren. But like that song is so bad. Poor Thomas though. Newman, but yeah, all, Thomas. you know, two very like many, many, many multiple nominees in yeah. music categories that did not win last night. On a movie yeah, and then right. get scoring <laughs> song. Yeah. yeah, but Elton. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that it gave a little celebrity pizzazz to the night, and you know, I, th- I he think let Bernie Taupin give most of the speech, which is nice because right. yeah. Bernie hadn't won an Oscar before. Yeah. Well, R- Richard was pointing this out. Uh, we were talking about it last night. Like the Cynthia Revo performance in the room was next to the. Parasite win, like, the biggest highlight of the night. It was so powerful in the room. Everyone was transfixed. 
they freaked out and gave her a huge standing ovation. Like it was huge in the room. And I think it was one of those moments where they were like, if we had seen this right. before, we would have voted yeah. for this. Well, it's like the Lady Gaga you know? song a yeah. couple years ago. But like both of those songs, I think, were better performed live. And like if you just listen to them, yeah. they're like kind of fine. I mean, yeah. it was not the best year for original song. Well, I think we all agree. The Randy Newman song, it was like, did you write that on a napkin like an hour ago? <laughs> like, After you listened yeah. to your other songs yeah, and like you just were like, meh. Yeah. I've had that song stuck in my head for months, I, though. Well, so I credit mean, to Randy Newman. Good reason for that, <laughs> I was watching you know. and I was like, I can't believe this. And then, you know, the the great Wild Rose song is not nominated. And I was yeah. like, this Randy Newman song? Yeah. Um, I wasn't in the room. I was in the bar for the Elton John performance, but... That's good. Um, okay. Because Anthony texted me from backstage. He's like, how is this playing? Like, he he didn't think it was going over well, so... I don't know. I, I don't it was fine. that well. Fine. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it was totally okay. fine. Yeah. It, it, there was not a seismic... I mean, Kirstie Matz, bless her, like, did a good job with the Diane Warren song, but, like, when she was singing it, I was, I kind of joked on Twitter, I was like, every time this song is performed, the lyrics are improvised, because it just feels such, like, loaded with cliche about all stand by you or whatever, you know. Um, no, it was not a great year, but, like, that category ending with Rocketman winning something, sure, great. Yeah, yeah. Happy about that. Uh, Roger Deakins won again. Happy about that. I, I got to uh, say hi to him, and I told him that on our live stream... I had done my predictions, and I said my number one slam dunk prediction is Roger Deakins for cinematography. If he doesn't win, I will literally eat an Oscar. <laughs> and so the host actually had a chocolate Oscar ready for me. But I told Roger Deakins this, and he said, well, that was lucky for you. <laughs> so that's my big point of the whole Deakins, night. He would have like filmed you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> His speech is one of my favorite, because Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell had just done that bit about like not knowing what a cinematographer that was. was. Really and Deakins goes, goes up there, he's like, I'm, a, I'm actually a good cook, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he said? Yes. He's like, I'm a quite good cook, actually. Oh, I like, need to watch the whole Oscars again because I'm always like typing and working. And I like, I was saying this, like at our party, we have all these people who have Oscars in hand. And, you know, if they're not Joaquin Phoenix or something, like you might not know who they are. And I, because they didn't actually watch the speeches I was listening to them, I was like, oh, are those the Ford for Ferrari guys? It's, the, it's, uh, it's a shame. I got to you know, watch You know again. who I was looking for all night and never found them were the two... Um, uh, women who did Quentin Tarantino's production design. Oh, yeah, with they the amazing were, necklaces. Yeah, and I was sitting at that Stars. table with, with Ryan Murphy and everybody, and I and I just was like, I would watch a limited series about these two. Yeah. Like, can we please? Yes. <laughs> some of the actresses at the table were, you know, they were game. I feel like we could get that Absolutely, off the, the Ryan Murphy stable <laughs> would crush that. But I think mentioning that and mentioning the Ford Brie Ferrari editors and, and, the, and the eight of nine Best Picture winners getting awards, it's like, great that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got production design. Great yeah. that Ford Ferrari got editing. Great that 1917 got cinematography. Like, like, like. I feel like, you know, obviously it's probably disappointing to lose big awards, but like, every movie but Irishman <laughs> could leave that ceremony being like, you know what? Like, we yeah. got something that and costume design for Little Women. Yeah. We got something that that felt like people saw our movie mm-hmm. and appreciated some aspect that was good about it. So that 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 really helped. You know, Parasite obviously was the big thing, but like, there was a kind of nice feeling kind of underlying that too. Yeah, I, I was having fun snooping on the people in the front row of the theater and the the little woman girl because like Saoirse and, and Florence Pugh were seated sort of really close to each other and their reactions to the costume design win and also Laura Dern, you know, who's Marmy, like her win, even if it was for a different movie, it was just like so cute and raucous. And then also, um, I don't know why this happened, but when after Laura Dern won, Sersha and like Florence stood up and they had a really, 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 really long hug. 
that I didn't know if it was sort of like a, it's okay that you lost hug, like, which it's not like it was a surprise. I, I was having trouble psychoanalyzing Yeah, you have to hug. assume Florence Pugh, I mean, I guess you always think you might win Like, maybe Oscar it'll happen, yeah. But like, yeah. I don't. I don't think that the contenders necessarily are as aware as we are that they have no chance. <laughs> Maybe, but it was like a, it was a it was a really really yeah. really long hug, and then Florence Pugh like left for a little while, mm. um, and so I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, but oh, but Florence, this is for months we've known you weren't yeah. gonna win yeah. this. I mean, she you know? seemed to be having a great time, and we saw her. So yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I, I saw Ryan Murf, uh, Ryan Seacrest interviewing Charlie Theron before the show started. And he was like, how are you taking it all in? And she was like, I don't know. It's just so crazy. Like, I, I think I'm going to be act cool about it. And then I just realized where I am. And it's like, oh, my God, does she think that she could win this? <laughs> like, that's just, like, probably in fifth place. Like, not going to happen. So maybe you're right. I, I hope for their sake in some ways that they're just, like, they go in blissfully unaware of all of our yeah, I mean, bullshit. I don't you know? think they're not probably listening to us. I don't think they're going to Gold Derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they have a lot of people who are hired around to right. like yeah. fluff their, their emotions all the time. Analysis. Yeah, they got to get yeah. them through yeah. all these events. Yeah. They can't be yeah. like, so you That's have no true. chance. <laughs> That's right. so true. They're never going to show up again. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to yeah. win. Yeah. So you're going to just sit there. Right. Yeah. You're not winning. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh there's there's a like a known theory right that there's every year a mayor sort of a mayor position at the Oscars right for so many years with Jack Nicholson like sort mm-hmm. of front and center I feel mm-hmm. like Meryl Streep has occupied that yeah. position the last couple of years and then this year was definitely Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson they were yeah. exactly front and center and at every commercial break they as a couple as like a very like lovely but like seemingly not political in a cynical way couple would just like go and talk to Bestow Bradley Cooper let's have a conversation conversation yeah. Brad Pitt now it's your turn yeah. and they my, my favorite thing that I observed is that they went over and talked to Brad Pitt during one commercial break and uh, Brad Pitt took his mom as uh-huh. his date and she was just seated there no one was talking to her and Tom Hanks like breaks off talking to Brad to like lean over and shake her hand and give her this like warm like greeting and I was like this is I don't know if that's like an interesting way to set the tone of the evening in a way we don't see at home where it's just like who is in that ace spot right in the middle in the front there and like what does that tone set like when the mic went down as uh, the Parasite producer was trying to like give her speech at the end of the night Tom Hanks is the one who led this whole like bring the mic back up chant and then I'm gonna make an arm gesture that I couldn't really describe to Katie but it was this like scooping up they cut to the audience at one point it was like them and Charlize were all just being like but it was like the first two rows but started with Tom Hanks being like bring the mic back up it was like the wave starting and then you know they had no chance like choice Tom Hanks demanded it and the lights went back <laughs> up and the mic used came up. his up. power yeah you know exactly. like, Joaquin used it to save uh, animals and yeah. Tom Hanks used it to save the extend the show by 90 seconds it was yeah. interesting at the very very end of the broadcast to watch the academy make a mistake and then fix it in real time like it didn't yeah. take a year or like a whole initiative they were like oh no we should have them speak more okay we oh, can okay. actually fix that right yeah. now like I feel like that was probably a relief for them. It's so weird to do yeah. that at the end of the show too. Like it's over. Like let it let the local yeah. news start yeah. thirty seconds later. Yeah. And they like cut to Jane Fonda, and Jane Fonda's like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing I anything. did my piece. <laughs> yes. yeah. I helped you yeah. make history. Yeah. Um, what else? Jojo Rabbit and Parasite won screenplay. Mm-hmm. Good for that. I liked it. Taika Waititi. Um, you know, he did something that they've now been doing doing it Toronto for a couple of years yeah. and Sonia's, uh, you know, recognizing, you know, indigenous people in the land that, were, that, that the ceremony was on, you know, I thought that was nice. I thought he kind of cut like a nice figure, like you were saying that he was one of the clear winners of the evening. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, whatever you think, I, I actually talked to some, some Academy voters at uh, the, our party who like, were like, 
we saw your tweets about Jojo Rabbit and we could disagree more. They like loved the movie. Like that movie has like, yeah. you know, healthy support. And so I'm curious what Tyke is going to do. I mean, I think that, that he's clearly very popular because yeah. Yeah. he's just cool. Yeah. And so I think he did go into that. With the, within the community, he had the benefit of the doubt on that movie mm-hmm. in a way that maybe he didn't have with me when I watched it. <laughs> right. I mean, he's going to go make experience. another Thor movie, you know? Like, he's like he's yeah. in the firmament even though he's kind of like arriving as this new celebrity. Yes. Like, he's been a Hollywood player for a while. Yeah. And, like, there's probably something comforting about the fact that, like, the percentage of, of Academy voters who pay attention to this are like, oh, I think you're, like, cool with the kids, but, like, yeah. I also like you, so, like, great. Like, that <laughs> yeah. that worked out nicely, you know? I mean, same yeah. with Bong, you know Yeah, what I mean? totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about our party? Like, should we move yeah, on terrible. to? Well, yeah, was, I know. No. No, one, no one came. It was really yeah, embarrassing. No Oscars in sight. I, this is my second year at the party, and I spent maybe the first hour or so, kind of after you know, after doing the live stream thing, like poking back into the the back lounge room where the where the DJ is, and being like, oh, "There's no one there yet." Like, oh god, is is the New York Times finally right about this? You know. But then, like, it, I like turned my head and then turned back, and it was like full of like every celebrity you've ever yeah. heard of. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how that because everyone has to go to the governor's ball or something afterward yeah. and yeah. then they make their way it's over like, and then you start to see people holding oscars trickle in it just had like a really nice flow all night and i you know i mean seeing walking into the party and seeing sarah paulson have deep in conversation with joni mitchell i mean that's yeah. all i could have left then and been very satisfied <laughs> yeah yeah. I was glad to see there was a photograph uh, this morning of the conversation that I was dying to listen in on, which was Kelsey Grammer and Marilyn Manson, who were just like sure, really yeah. chatting for a long time. Oh man, I, I also saw Kelsey Grammer like walk past Adam Sandler and just give him like this very like nice squeeze on the arm and be like, hey. Yeah. And then that was it. I like I don't know if they know each other. Wow. Just like, oh, Kelsey Grammer, you'll know me. Can't believe I missed <laughs> it on the Kelsey. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I, I I dropped into the governor's ball and then came over to our party, and it's the difference is pretty staggering in terms of like yeah you you quote unquote have to go to the governor's ball get your award engraved they closed off the engraving station this year so so nobody could like gawk at anyone while they were getting their um statues engraved it was a bummer but was also funny i was like sort of watching the mechanics happen they had like whole team i mean there's so many people efficiently and quietly working the governor's ball but they had this whole these these teams that would come and get a winner and then just be like, we're going now, 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 and like run them through the party into the engraving station. Um, so I saw them do that to like uh, Taika and to Renee and to Bong, you know, they would just like come and like grab them and take them. Um, but, uh, and then they had like people roped off in areas like Brad and Leo were roped off. Um, so you like, so it feels, you know, it's jam packed. Everyone's there, everyone's eating, but like, it's not, it's such a different vibe from our party because this is my first year at our party, obviously. I've heard you guys year after year say, it's incredible, you walk in and it's like, every single face is a recognizable face and you yeah. see the oddest combination of people talking to each other. And you can hear that and still not feel it the way that I felt it when I was standing at the bar and I was like, that's talking to, oh my, mm-hmm. and there's talking to, oh my, oh my God, every face is a face I know, so. Right, because there's a, lot of people who weren't at the Oscars right. who just come, you yeah. know, because it's yeah. fun. It's like yeah. the, uh, you know, 
Billie Eilish was there, which yeah. was really cool. But yeah. I was going to say, Billy Eichner told me he had a conversation with Marilyn Manson. He's like, I just talked to Marilyn Manson. He showed us the selfie Twitter. he yeah. took with That's them. right, they took a selfie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he put it on his But Twitter, it's that kind yeah. of thing. It's like all these great random, like, John Voight and Dwayne Wade deep in conversation. Right. At the start of them, it's like, what the hell are they talking yeah, about? Yeah. Hopefully Dwayne Wade's setting him right about a lot of things, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but it has that kind of nice quality. And, like, yeah, it was funny to talk to people like Billy Eichner. And I was like, oh, where'd you watch the show? And everyone's like, oh, at home. And I just came to this. I, I, haven't, I haven't been out. This is the night, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it felt good, and and I gotta say those the both the um, the Seliger photos, but also the, the we did a video studio yes. for the first time this oh, year. So Instagram, yeah. they're really really cool. Um, that was like a nice feature, and I think it's, you know, hopefully, um, I, I it's, it's a good show of of of, uh, of brand strength that people were like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that for for you guys. You yeah, know, like at, Kanye in the and Kim went in there being yeah. like, hello, we know how to pose for photographs yeah. because we're oh, I got, famous. I got to watch. Yeah, I, I watched the whole Kanye Kim entry into the green room wow. and into the Zelliger studio um, and they were with uh, Kendall too right or uh, sorry, Kylie, Kylie. Kylie was there yeah. yeah yeah it's just one of those moments where you're just like well this is something in our culture Kendall was also <laughs> there though right because at some point someone turned to me and was like we have three Kardashians in this room right now and it's like oh. Caitlyn Jenner was there oh, I don't okay. Caitlin was think there. I saw Kendall but she okay. could have been alright there's definitely you wake up the next morning you're like hang on this well, person was in there. I know. Going through yeah. the photos this morning, which are great, uh, by Justin Bishop and Landon Norman, it's just I'm just like, oh yeah, all right. I missed like a lot. Of, I saw a lot of famous people, but yeah. then there's a whole bunch I never saw. I can't I, wait to go through them. I know Brad Pitt was there, but I didn't see Brad Pitt, which is sad. But like, I just it was. I felt better knowing he was. There, he was like know? floating. Yeah. yeah. There was just like yeah. a cloud of golden success around him. As yeah. He just like glide <laughs> through the. I like so you know how like when there's a very famous exciting person like the room kind of clusters around them it like gets congested and I got near him kind of before more people picked up on it so I like watched the chaos kind of descend on him as like Spike Lee came over to say congratulations Kim and Kanye came over there and like the photographer showed up it was really interesting to watch and I, and then Gina Davis came over and I was just standing there being like I can't believe Brad Pitt's just standing here with his beautiful hair his hair looks so good I was yeah I was, I was remarking upon that to myself while watching his acceptance <laughs> speech and I was like is it like plugs or Rapisha how, how did he pull this off yeah. all yeah. of the above yeah um, yeah, I think actually my, one of my favorite moments was watching uh, De Niro um, come through the red carpet or the powder blue carpet, I guess. Yes. Right? Yeah. And there were three, I don't remember who, but three, you know, gorgeous people like standing on the little circles uh, being photographed. And most of us, if we have to go back and forth, like try to wait for a moment and then, you know, walk or run behind, De Niro just ran in front, like grinning at all the photographers, just like totally <laughs> taking the piss out of the whole thing. I was like, that's cool. That's yeah, fun. Cool. Bob's, Bob's having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Pacino so, was there holding a, a small court, like kind of in a little enclave of the party, kind of tucked away. And, um, but yeah, he's, he's, he was with, um, a lot of very good-looking people and just seeming, seeming to enjoy himself. So maybe they, they weren't feeling the Irishman losses, I guess. Uh, the best thing that I witnessed that I will probably talk about every day for the rest of my life was, and Mike, you were standing with me, We um, this kind of group of all women in like sort of color-coordinated, like mustard-looking outfits oh, were like yes. dancing their way out. And I look at that, and it was Greta Gerwig with all of her, like I think they're college friends. She did this last year or two or two years ago, like brought yeah. all of her friends. And they all kind of dress like bridesmaids at the Oscars together, <laughs> and they're like dancing to Uptown Funk. And they swing by, and there's Billy Porter sitting down in this enormous hat, like you can't miss him. And they go like, "Hey!" and they dance in front of him for a minute, and then like basically conga line their way out of the party. And, it was, and you like waved to her, and Greta was like, "Yeah, yeah, she was yeah, just, yeah." 
She was having a great time. Oh, did you did you miss it? That's how Richard and I left. Yeah, yeah. So right, yeah. 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 Uh, we conged for Billy Porter. I yeah. was also reading in Julie's party report. I f- forgive me, I forget his name, but like the breakout star of the breakout Netflix series, Cheer, oh. was there. And Jerry, a, yeah, Jerry. Jerry. And I think I guess Gre- Greta freaked out about that. And it's like that he was there. I was like, to see this is a good, well curated list, a very yeah. adaptive. Like, it's like really he, yeah. good at finding people who like are excited to that, that famous people are excited to meet. Like yeah. it, whether they're legends like Joni Mitchell or Jerry from Cheer. Yeah. I think we have to yeah give Britt Hennemuth, our, our yes. colleague, uh, credit for, for Jerry. Really? And, yeah, because he was advocating hard for it. And uh, yeah, and Sarah Paulson at our table was like, Jerry's here! <laughs> like, <laughs> he was, yeah, he was a big deal. I also did see at one point um, Maxine Waters in a gorgeous, voluminous gown like resting for a second on, on the wall with like a beneath a photo of a beautiful photograph of Antonio Banderas and I was like I I can't do it but I wish I had that I could have taken that photo it was quite, quite I a striking watched Antonio Banderas and Pedro Almodovar and Sandy Powell who I don't think has ever worked with, uh, with Almodovar but they were all just like sitting together on a couch yes. like looking like old friends like yes. they were really mm. chatting it up yeah okay well pivoting from the party to the Oscars we all feel good about the Oscars Mike you and I have been talking throughout the weekend about why the Oscars are important, even if people think they're not cool because they are this engine that fires the entire industry and makes people want to make movies that are going to win Oscars. Parasite feels like a really exciting addition to that engine and that, no, like, Neon did not make Parasite win an Oscar. That was, I mean, maybe in someone's brain, but that is not the reason they picked it up. And now that it has, it's, like, rewritten the, the book so that there's a new way to go about it. Um, well, I know, and I've been thinking about Neon <clears throat> almost feeling bad for them, like, it's like if you're playing poker and you have like pocket aces, but there's actually a better hand maybe out there, but you're not sure and you have to borrow a lot of money to stay in because the pot's so big. I feel like that's been neon. They're like, we don't have any money. We're not like, we didn't, we didn't plan for this, but they went, they did it, they won it, they won everything. You know, yeah. one of Bond the, has four Oscars. I know. <laughs> yeah. we, we talked about um, how one of their power moves of, of the award season was to send out that little binder, right? They didn't send out uh, individual yeah. scene, screeners. Neon sent this little binder, and when you see all of their offerings this year together, it's extremely impressive. Portrait of Lydia Fire, which is about to have like a wide release mm-hmm. in the U.S., right? Um, yeah, and so Wild Bros. So, like, you know, they just, I think they had an amazing year. Some of my favorite films, th- three of my favorite films, were on films and um and they're only what two years old yeah and they've got a best picture yeah. so keep your eye on i mean one. so did open road and then they're, they're gone I how, think, dare right? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you sorry um i i think something that we've we've talked about for years uh is like how can the oscars be more exciting and i don't know if it's like Eminem showing up, but like it's that. not Eminem showing up. <laughs> but like the the pageantry and the musical form, like Janelle Monae's opening, mm-hmm. I think you know is not just what exactly what Katie Rich wants, but I think actually <laughs> is what all of us want watching the Oscars. Like, and it was a fun way. It felt very Tony's to me because like I feel like mm-hmm. in a lot of to- like Neil Patrick Harris Tony opening numbers, like people dress up in costumes from the various shows, and they had like. But it was a way to honor the people that hadn't been not so like us. There were costumes from us in Midsummer uh-huh. and like a bunch of films that like people loved but weren't nominated, Uncut Gems, etc. Um, Is there an Uncut Gems dancer in there? I thought weren't the prom dresses Uncut Gems? Was that not oh, what that was? Oh, I don't know. I gotta watch it again. Okay, um, but 
like that, more of that, more of Cynthia Revo and Janelle Monet, and maybe Eminem. No, not Eminem, I guess. <laughs> but like, uh, or or the montages. I don't know. Just sort of like, show just me just be yourself and put on a big show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I it's funny. I I I found myself being like, oh, the show's moving too fast. It feels kind of thin. Like I, you know, it's it it. I want it to be more, you know, expansive and self congratulatory and all that flashback to me four years ago being like the Oscars are too long they're self-important like the, the, yeah. they cut the montages so I, I mean unfortunately it feels like they can't win on that, in that even with well, you yeah but I mean I mean, maybe they're I, I think it is interesting that they really focus so heavily on musical performances that brought to mind for me like how the VMAs or the Grammys are like that's what people want to tune in for it's a different equation obviously with the Academy uh, Awards but um, yeah I, I mean I, I, I don't see why they shouldn't always have every single best song nominee perform throughout yeah. the show even when they're yeah. not and not group them together when I when I recapped the 19 or the 2000 Oscars they had all five perform back to back in one segment and I was like that's insane what are you why are you doing that so right. I, th- I think that this show um, Stephanie Allen is one of the was one of the producers I forget the other one I think they like made some weird missteps with like having people present presenters like that felt kind of superfluous but like I think all the focus on performance I thought was smart yeah hoisting poor George George Mackay up to the nosebleeds to introduce someone else that was like what is happening that's when you knew 1917 wasn't going to win best picture (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) but the uh yeah have and have like just not just you know people in the room got to see a Billie Eilish concert and a Janelle Monae concert and mm-hmm. a Cynthia Erivo concert mm-hmm. like you know that makes being in the room feel really special as well not to like feel like guys I was in the room yeah but, I was, yeah, but so, it's like no. you have to sit there the whole time the rest of us can get up and get snacks yeah. and whatever and like I think you need to be entertained to go to the Oscars yeah and I think people were really 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 enjoying those moments of the show so yeah, yeah it felt less like a death march than I think it often does yeah. and I think not trying to when they've tried to sort of say, all right, well, if the Grammys has musical performances, we should have people act on stage. It's like, oh. no. <laughs> Interpret- Remember the interpretive dance here? Um, bring yeah. it well, back. Years, years. I mean, yeah, Debbie Allen used to do yeah. this. Um, so I think that that's right. You know, just like things that are fun and enjoyable to watch are good and then quickly do the awards. Um, I think some of the cleverest um, ways to f- make the show feel like it was going, I think one was pairing like the short subject winners with the, you know, so have yes. like animated yeah, and then animated smart. short or documentary and documentary short. Mm-hmm. And then having Julianne Will do like, you know, like, or Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Like usually, I think when we saw some of those presenters were like, oh, they're doing animated feature or something, you know, like something fun and wacky. And it's like, no, put them on the, you know. Some of the drier the, the, stuff. Yeah. The, the drier stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen yeah. Wade and Maya Rudolph were amazing. They were great. Yeah. 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 And, you know, like a testament to, like, just do do a little prep beforehand. Like, come up with something. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe it, that morning or the day before. And yeah. It, yeah. it works out. I think we so. rehearsed that thing Oh, for a while. it was tight. I mean, it was, yeah. yeah. It was real that tight. Was, yeah. But then again, yeah. did Diane Keaton and Keanu Reeves rehearse? I don't know, but they were perfect. Yeah, right. Well, that's true. Yes, we should, we should leave room for, you know, the imp- improvisation as well. You're right. And yeah. I like... I cannot end this podcast without giving a shout out to my Oscar night ghost, which is Gerard Butler, who was with me, Phantom of the Opera, with me. On ev- like I, I arrived at the awards with him. 
I saw him at the bar. I saw him at the bar at the governor's ball. I left with him. I arrived to the Vanity Fair party with him. Not like with him, to be clear, but I just kept Kept seeing Gerard Butler. Butler. So, and he was, he was like really working. He's a pretty good spirit animal. Yeah, yeah. He was was doing it. Gerard Butler is filming a movie in Australia right now. (laughs) Gerard Butler's been (laughs) dead for 20 years. I was thinking about when Elton John was performing uh, on the show, uh, like someone, someone at the, at his like annual viewing party being like, Wait, if he's there, then who did I just say hi to? <laughs> Taryn Edmonton, obviously. Oscar yeah. um, All right, well, our next episode, we're going to take next week off, and then we're going to come back with our 2021 Oscar predictions, which yeah. seems Sorry. heinous right now. Really? We're going to do that? Wow. <laughs> that? We do it every year, it turns can I, out. Can I um, make a request to our the Little Goldies? or Little, little Goldies! If it, people have been tweeting great stuff to us uh, today, saying that you won your pool or you did well in your pool, I want to know, did anyone make money? Did oh. anyone win money? Mm. Tweet at us if you made any money. And we will take 10%. From, from listening putting, to this podcast. Putting the gold in little gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, want I, to start, I want to start getting, you know, and, and spread the word. I just want people to know that, like, if they listen to us, they we can. Will yeah, they yeah, will earn money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Not just be clout. Revenue positive. Are we starting a pyramid scheme? Is that what's happening? <laughs> this is the beginning of Uncut Gems. Yes, right. <laughs> this is how we win. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, in the meantime, happy uh, Oscars, everybody. Um yeah, um, you can find tons and tons and tons of Oscars coverage at VF.com, including all these photos from the party that we've been talking about, Richard's recap, winner's list, the live vlog with dispatches from Joanna inside the awards, everything else. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Little Gold Men, where you've been tweeting at us about our pyramid scheme. Uh, and you can follow <laughs> us on our own. I'm at Katie Rich and Mike. Mike underscore Hogan. And Joanna. Joe wrote this. And Richard. Rylaws. This week's episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs.